0: California wine, art, and slang. Welcome to On the Road with me, Chuck Kramer, Mr. California Wine. I'm just a dude who grew up in LA and now finds myself living in London and working in the world of wine. I get a kick out of what I do, breathing, talking, and selling cases of awesome California wine across Europe for the Tolado family. I've been in London for a while now and have surprised all my mates by staying true to my California accent. I love the difference in nuances between British and American English. I still laugh when I'm in a pub and I hear someone say, I'm pissed. They're not actually angry. They're wasted. Too funny, dude. In these podcasts, I'm going to take you on a ride with cool guests, experts in their field of wine, like today's guest, a savvy London sommelier. We're going to have fun chatting about my home state, California, the Golden State, its aspirational lifestyle striking wineries, dazzling vineyards, and the people in the business who make it all happen so that we can enjoy glasses of fabulous California wine and ultimately improve your boozing. I love my home state. Let's take a step back in time. And believe it or not, wine was first introduced to California over 200 years ago. All of a sudden, I'm feeling quite young. Father Junepro Serra, a Roman Catholic priest from Mallorca, Spain, zigged and zagged his way up the coast of California, building and establishing a series of 21 adobe missions, beginning in 1769 along what is today Highway 101. This well-traveled road is known as El Camino Real, the Royal Road. The priests at these missions cultivated the mission grape and made wine for church services. Today, the Mission Grape is used for ordinary table grapes. I grew up very close to one myself, the majestic San Gabriel Mission on the east side of LA. By the way, a childhood buddy of mine was married there and he's still married. Anthony Mira, you listening, dude? You've probably made the same drive yourself, yet cruise right by it without even noticing it at 70 miles per hour. On your next trip to California, take your foot off the accelerator and pay one a visit. The same highway, the 101, will take you through a few of our world-class wine regions, Santa Barbara, Paso Robles, Monterey, through the heart of Tony Bennett's San Francisco, and up to Napa, Sonoma, and Mendocino. As you can see, California is more than just golden sandy beaches, a Golden Gate Bridge, and movie studios. This On The Road episode is brought to you by the Buyer.net, the voice of the premium on trade. Did you know California claims something like 60 plus grape varieties to make wine? Chardonnay is the queen of the white grapes, with more than 110,000 acres planted across the state. The king of the red grapes, Cabernet Sauvignon, comes in a close second at over 98,000 acres. Both are hardy and versatile grape varieties adaptable to all sorts of weather and terrain. Merlot, Sinfandel, and Pinot Noir round out the top five. However, and spoiler alert, while California produces extremely good wine from these well-known grape varieties, we have a subtler, quirky side as well. We enjoy plantings yet on a smaller scale of Tempranillo, Riesling, Grenache, Syrah, Petite Syrah, Chenin Blanc, Albarino, and the list goes on, and our California winemakers can make them with the best of them. The next time you find yourself in LA and on the 101, head south when you hit the 405 freeway and visit the world-famous Getty Museum. This gorgeous museum sits atop the Crestwood Hills in West LA, overlooking the Pacific Ocean and Westwood. The Getty houses masterpieces from artists such as Rembrandt, Picasso, Raphael, and the Dude. Who was a little hard of hearing Van Gogh. Sommeliers are a lot like great masters themselves. The masters start with a blank canvas in order to create an unforgettable experience for the viewer. In the case of the sommelier, the diner. Rembrandt was commissioned to paint the night watch. Sommeliers are hired and challenged by restaurant owners to get creative in order to paint a versatile and engaging wine list that will pair with the chef's creations and create a memorable experience for their customer. And on that note, it seems like a good time to introduce my next guest. He's a buddy of mine who shares not only a love of wine, but top shelf tequila as well. And we've had the hangovers to prove it. He's a fun loving dude and the head sommelier at one of London's leading steakhouses who's graciously listed my Rutherford Hill wines from Napa. You're on the road with me, Chuck Kramer, Mr. California Wine. So buckle up, Here we go. Haleen from Guadalajara, Mexico. And with the background in IT, he's smart too. He stepped into the world of wine for the first time working in an Argentinian restaurant in central London in 2004. But it wasn't until 2012 that his career took off when he joined the newly opened Hawksmoor Airstream. Since then, he's completed the WSET Level 3, has visited many vineyards, and worked up the ranks within the Hawksmoor Group. I first met him when he was the main wine dude at Hawksmoor 7 Dials, where the atmosphere is crazy good. Since then, he's helped launch Burrow Market, and is currently the head sommelier at Hawksmoor Guild Hall. Please welcome Nacho Campos. Nacho, it's awesome to have you on the show, amigo. Thank you, and I'm chuffed.
1: Thank you for having me, Chuck. It's a pleasure.
0: I'm excited. Uh, Nacho, jumping right into the deep end, What's your biggest challenge when creating a wine list?
1: Plenty of challenges. If, if I had to just pick the one, I I would say that it's probably achieving a balance of styles in, in the wine list. And You have to think of a variety of styles that will suit the establishment, of course. But also, you have to think about the styles that your customers might want and also the styles of wines that reflect what I like, I think trying to keep objective when selecting wines is one of the hardest bits.
0: How does having steaks on the food menu
1: impact your decisions for wine buying? It has a great impact. You have to take into consideration that most customers make up their mind before going into the restaurant that they're gonna have steak, and therefore they will want red, red wine most of the time. So. Um the list is about seventy percent red reds, twenty to twenty-five percent whites, and the rest is sparkling sweets, fortified.
0: There are certain whites that could pair well with steaks, but are the whites mostly there to have as a starter?
1: No, I have seen I've seen customers to go for red wine from the get go. I mean okay. they'll have oysters and red wine. Um, white wine is there for <laughs> for the other customers who either don't want uh, a glass of red from the start or just don't like red at all. But we do have some white wines that will pair with steak as well.
0: And in terms of your list at Guild Hall, what's your perception of California wine and what role does
1: California play then on your list? It, it plays a huge role. I, I, see, I see Californian wines a bit like a music festival. But there's 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 fun to be had at all different levels. You can find the, the young aspiring artists that nobody knows, no, no one's heard about. You can have one style that you prefer about others, so that they'll be like going to a tent that has only jazz, for example. And obviously there's a, the main stage. There's a, the, big, the big names, styles that everyone has heard of before. It has a huge, huge role in the wine list because California has um, a lot of variety, from the mid to the top range. They, I think, California wine can come with a lot of prestige and quality. While selling the while selling the wine to customers, you you can paint a very pretty picture while describing the vineyards and the climatic conditions and all that. It, it sounds like a pretty you can paint like a pretty idyllic landscape, lots of morning fog, sunshine. What are your, say, top three or
0: four wine-producing countries that you have on the list, and how does California rank in there?
1: Probably California will will come to the bottom of the top five, top four. At the beginning, the, the wine list in Hawksmoor was very all-world-focused. suppose France, Italy, and Spain have a lot of presence on the wine list. However, since the very beginning, Hawksmoor has had a lot of Californian wines on the list. And, and they're, they're a great alternative to all-world wines. Definitely in the top four, for sure. Definitely in top four. Okay, fantastic.
0: You're obviously passionate about wine, and it comes across very clearly. Um, besides the main grape varieties, Cabernet Sauvignon, say Zinfandel, Merlot, what are your top two quirky grape varieties at the moment? And do they find a way on your list? Are any of these from California?
1: Um, that, that's tricky. I mean how quirky is quirky, right? Most people will not acknowledge Cabernet Franc as, as a main grape variety, and for me, that's top. Uh, but if, if we're going to get into less well-known, I, I suppose Carignan. I'm getting a lot of joy out of Carignan. Oh. And, and, you know, Carignan is, is known as Masuel in Spain, for example. and You get a lot of it in the south of France. It grows a lot, so it's very crucial that it's managed in the vineyard. When it, it is managed in the vineyard, we have lower yield. You can get really juicy, rustic styles. And I've seen that in California. Uh, quite fresh, so rustic, rustic and juicy. And that's, that's one that you find in California. The other one that I, I am into a lot at the moment is Mundus Noir. It seems to be related to Syrah. Uh, comes from the Sabwa, quite an ancient variety. And, and there's a little bit in California, but not a lot. Um, there's, there's a bit of a renaissance on the wine. So hopefully we'll see more of it. But I reckon it's Carignan would be the one that shines in California more. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, no,
0: lovely grape variety. All right. Yeah. You work with a number of wine suppliers. How do you find the right balance between working with say 12, 15 wine suppliers? What margin percentage do you have to meet in order to turn a profit, you know, in a restaurant in London where operating costs are high?
1: the balance, finding each supplier's strong suit, uh, whether that is uh, which country they focus a lot more or which regions in in certain countries or which style of wines, what price points do they have. I think finding each each of those supplier's strong suit, uh, that'll be the first step. And then from there, I need to figure out which one of those fit on my list and then I think after organizing tastings and deciding what to go, communication, often communication with the supplier, quite clear, managing expectations, they they all they all they don't sound like much, but they they are crucial to build a, a very strong relationship. And, and then with that, with that in mindset, you know, the supplier will know, will have a better understanding of my needs. That's key. And then in, in terms of margins, the margins are higher on the lower end of the price of the wine list. And, you know, the more expensive wine in the wine list, the, the smaller the margin. Without going into, into specifics on, on numbers, let's just say that the weirder or quirky the wine, the better value for money, the smaller the margin. This could relate to the go-to wine that I have on the, on the wine list. The, the more obvious regions, the more obvious choices will certainly command a, a higher profit, higher margin, because that's what people want. That's what people will order. They'll, they'll keep us going.
0: Because of the turnover. Okay, fantastic. Nacho, I'm going to blatantly plug one of my wines in this question. Why do our Rutherford Hill wines from Napa, especially by the glass, work so well on your list? And
1: which one is your favorite? i am gonna soft spot for the Merlot the Red River Hill Merlot. I remember clearly when we first met, that's that's the one that got me. So why does it work well? Well, you know, in, in true Californian style, they, they don't pretend to be from anywhere else. And um, they're not apologetic, so they're ripe. They're, they've they got lavish fruit. Uh, and it's just pure sunshine in a glass. The oak is very well managed. That's, that's the other thing that I like. It feels quite well-integrated, still still allows the, the fruit to shine. Um, and as a whole, it is has got the structure, um, it's got the freshness and it's very well priced, which is something that you don't often find in, in California. As a whole, it's a very well balanced wine. And also, it does justice to a, a bar- bastardized variety. You know, Merlot having that sideways effect when not a lot of people think they like it. It's just a renowned variety and it, it shows, shows quite nicely. It's a no brainer with a Revive, Juicy Revive, Brother for Hill Merlot.
0: I agree. And I think, you know, you hit a couple uh, points there regarding this Rutherford Hill Merlot. One, I think for Napa, really good value for money. I hate to use the word value with Napa in the same sentence, but I think it does offer really good value for money. And the other thing is with Merlot, you know, the soft tannins and it's just, it's just so approachable by the glass. So I like your answer there. Next question. I'm going to go a little off piste here. You know, you're from Guadalajara. I've worked in Mexico City in the 1990s, and you know we both love Mexican food, and there seems to have been a like, large explosion lately of Mexican food here in London, which has been fantastic. So, from a wine point of view, could be anywhere in the world, what's your ideal wine pairing with fish tacos and a side plate of queso fundido with chorizo? <laughs>
1: um, uh, that's a tricky one. Let me thinking. With, with the fish taco alone, I would have gone for something quite fresh, white, So sort I of think Sauvignon blanc, an albariño, something like that. But it's the queso fundido and the chorizo on the side that makes it quite tricky. Also, the, it's a the feeling of the taco, right? I mean, you have a deep fried fish, but you might add a lot of citrus, you might add a lot of salt, you might add a little bit of heat. So with all of that in consideration, and keeping it in California, I thought a Russian River or Sonoma Pino. Interesting. It's something young, something quite juicy, you know, with a bit of restraint on the oak because you want the, the fruit to come in, but you also want a little bit of herbalness to it. So you have to think that the fish has been deep fried, so there's a bit of crispiness there. You have the cheese that's melted and you have the spiciness of the chorizo. And I reckon, the, I reckon a Pinot Noir will manage all of those, will not be overpowering for the fish and, you know, will will still stand up to the, to the chorizo. Also, a rose. I am a big fan of roses. And if it's a pinot no rose, even better. You have that herbal nose still in there. Those herbal touches are still quite fresh and fruity. And if we are taking this out of California, there's other two things that seem obvious to me. Champagne, a brood style, something that has a bit of residual sugar to it. Uh, or uh, try sherry, manzanilla.
0: I like your choices. Next time we
1: get together
0: and we do some Mexican, we're going to have to find some place where we have those four options to choose from and have a big night. That sounds like fun. Finally, Mitchell, okay. can you share with me your most awkward and our funniest moment in the restaurant with the customer? Come on, dude, you must deal occasionally with some high maintenance types. We're not going to mention any names. You're not going to get in trouble. But if you can just share one funny moment with me, please.
1: I've been thinking awkward and funny. They don't often come hand in hand. But I remember back in, I would say 2013, probably, I was pretty new to the role, you know, like a junior sommelier. I was working in Hawksmoor Street. And it was a lunch, lunch shift. I was on my own. The producer of our house, Prosecco. Nino Franco shows up with three journalists and, and the ambassador. So the man himself, uh, Primo Franco, was there. And they had the whole range to show to these, to these journalists. And now I was a sum in charge. So I was there to make sure that they, uh, there were ice buckets, the wines were cold, there was glassware, but also obviously opening the, the bottles. And I would say out of six, probably five went just boom, and a lot of foam fell off the bottle into my hand while well, the three journalists and the man himself were looking at me. And then the PA walks over and, and she just said, Look, just for the next bottle, hold it at 45 degree angle. Oh, wow. when the- so it doesn't just shoot all the wine out. And I was, I am still extremely grateful for that tiny tip. But it was very embarrassing just having all the foam of a wine coming out of the Prosecco bottle in front of man and the three journalists. Everything else went well after that. That's funny. Thank
0: you very much for sharing that. Knowledge. That's a great story. Well, listen, I want to thank you very much for being on the road with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Not at all. Thank you for the invitation, man. It was a pleasure. It's always good to chat with you.
0: We'll see you soon. I want to give Nacho Campos a huge shout out for being on the road with me this week. Nacho is a great dude and top-notch sommelier. And I have to tell you, his wine pairings with fish tacos were spot on. Right now, I'm imagining either a slightly chilled bottle of Sanford Pinot Noir or David Bruce, Russian River Valley Pinot with these fish tacos. Nacho's comment on Carignan further underscores California's diversity since you can find plantings of Carignan in Lodi that date back to 1936. I highly encourage you to visit Nacho at Hawksmoor Guildhall. You can start off with a beer downstairs at the bar before heading into the dining area. You will always be greeted with a friendly face, warm smile, and serve fabulous wines with mouth-watering steaks at a Hawksmoor. Now, it's time for Winery of the Week. I'm a huge fan of Rutherford Hill. Rutherford Hill is owned by the Terlato family and sits in Napa's famous Rutherford AVA. AVA is American Viticultural Area or Wine Region in California. The winery is located off the famous Silverado Trail, perched on a hillside with an incredible view overlooking the Napa Valley and majestic Mayacamas Mountains. Marisa Taylor, head winemaker, has 138 acres of vineyards to play with across Oak Knoll, Pope Valley, and Rutherford AVAs. Even though Cab is king in this part of Napa, 75% of production at Rutherford Hill is dedicated to Merlot. Merlot is the unsung hero of Napa. The Rutherford Hill Merlot offers gorgeous aromas of red berry fruit, blueberry, nuances of spice, and soft tannins which make it a real crowd pleaser by the glass. Marisa adheres to strict sustainability practices in the vineyards and in the winery, ensuring that the environment is protected from bud break and all the way through to the bottling run. Rutherford Hill is distributed by the Wine Treasury in the UK, Almatim in Romania, Strand Garden in Denmark, and Gotardi Partners in Austria. There are four gorgeous wines in the range. I hope you will enjoy a glass of Merlot Next time you're at Hawksmoor Guild Hall. California is numero uno in a lot of things, wine is one of them, population is another. California is the most populous state in America. Did you know that 1 in 8 residents in the US live in California and why not? California has it all. Awesome weather, fabulous beaches, gorgeous wine, scenic mountains, and Hollywood movie stars. That's a wrap. And thank you for listening. I'll be back next week on the road with Damien Jackman and Justine McGovern, California Wine Institute, UK. I'm looking forward to this one. If we can't hop on a flight to the Golden State, I'll bring California to you. It would be so cool if you could continue to click that subscribe button and give an awesome rating on iTunes. Until next time, on the road with me, Chuck Kramer, Mr. California Wine. Take it easy.